Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello and welcome everyone to the Make and Decorate podcast with Stephanie Socha Design and I am Stephanie. So thank you for joining me today and happy April. It's April 1st and uh, here we are here in the Chicago area. It's just um, we're we're in this type of uh, weather pattern that is just unpredictable. It's very unstable. So last week it was a lot of rain, wind, and cold weather, and then uh, this week we have lots of wind, and um, like I'm talking forty to fifty mile hour winds. Um, but then uh, it, then it's going to dip down, and it's going to be like twenty five degrees as a low for the next two nights, and then by Easter it's going to be seventy degrees and sunny. It is the most crazy time of year for weather because I don't even think the transition from summer to fall is this chaotic. And from fall to winter doesn't really ever seem that chaotic either. It just seems like the winter to spring is a very <laughs> tumultuous time uh, to get the weather kind of uh, set into its uh, into its right season. Um, but, um, you know, also with all the rain that we got last week, uh, Nashville really got in the East Coast, um, they got too much rain. It was, there were floods and everything. And I hope that everyone that lives in that area, if you're listening now, I hope that you're okay and your home is okay. Um, But uh, yeah, there's nothing, it's just nothing like these extremes, whether you get severe flooding or, you know, um, the wildfires that happen in in the summertime. So when we get annoying weather like rain and wind and cold, I just try to not complain too much about it because of these extreme weather disasters that other people are going through. So I count my blessings and um, really, uh, you know, it could be worse. So as most of you know, last Thursday was my big 50th birthday. And uh, I have been talking about it because for months before this now, I have been struggling with it and just dealing with just these emotions that I've never really had to deal with before and aging. And none of us are experienced with that because you just handle it as as you age. Um, But anyway, thank you so much for your birthday wishes, your very kind words, And uh, for those of you that have already been there, done that, uh, your encouraging words were very meaningful to me. So I really appreciated it. And um, I'm glad that I did say something ahead of time because I think that um, it really helped me to like unload it and not internalize it. And um, by the week... um, of my birthday, I uh, changed my attitude and um, I decided to enjoy it to the fullest extent. And let me tell you, that changes your whole experience of whatever you do. It, it depends on your attitude going into it. And sometimes you don't know how to change your attitude. So that's why I kind of asked for some help <laughs> that I really needed. And I'm glad I did. So thank you very much. And um, another thing that I realized with it as well is that um, I got to do some things that um, I haven't been able to do for the past year. And a lot of us probably haven't either because of this uh, COVID and pandemic. Um, But um, uh, my husband gifted me a um, Manny Petty Day. And, um, you know, I went and uh, just, you know, kind of melted in the chair and was able to like take a deep breath and really enjoy it. And um, of course, they upgraded me to this spa one for (laughs) extra money. But you know what? You only turn 51. So I said, 
just bring it, bring on the rose petals and the lavender <laughs> uh, and totally enjoyed it. But I was thinking about that and, and I'm like, you know, it's just been like, you don't even realize what a tight ball of nerves and stress that um, has has happened and have I have become during this year of pandemic. Um, the only thing I can liken it to is that I have been maybe uh, for the last year curled up in an armadillo ball, <laughs> kind of like with the armor, because you know you got to wear the masks and um, protect yourself, protect your, your others, people you love. Um, and uh, I didn't realize how much that it had affected me until last week. Uh, so, I mean, if if I didn't have sewing and all my other crafts, uh, that I know help me and uh, that I know that I need, but I didn't know that I needed this other external um, stuff to help brighten my mood, my day, my mental um, like happiness. Uh, so yeah, it was it was kind of like a realization in the Manny Petty chair. <laughs> Uh, I can't do that all the time though. It's just too costly, especially here in the, in the city. Um, yeah, we, when you live in the city, you get city prices, but it was very, very good. And, um, and I did, they have, they have like a basic petty. I don't need to get a manicure every time. So I signed up and scheduled a, a regular, just a basic petty for next month. So, and it, you know what? It's a form of maintenance too. So you got to keep your toes healthy. <laughs> okay, I think I've gone on enough about a pedicure. Uh, but I think you guys understand what I'm talking about. And um, so that's, uh, that's what I've been going through the last week. And also, um, my mom, of course, was not going to let my birthday go by without some sort of a celebration. So we went over to her house. Also, plus, my brother got back two days before my birthday from deployment. He had been gone for over a year and it was so nice to see him again. Oh man, I I just, um, I thought that I was going to be like a blubbering mess when I saw him, but when I saw him and he was just smiling so big that I just like, I smile, I, it was, I was happy. I was happy to see him and um, yeah, we had a really good time. And uh, <laughs> I have to tell you that uh, I got all dressed up for this little family get together and I wore magnetic eyelashes for the first time. And I got this idea from Frances Dowell, uh, the off-kilter quilt on her Instagram so um, on her day one introductions of IG Quilt Fest, she said, I am now a woman who wears magnetic false eyelashes and, well, and takes silly pictures of herself in an effort to keep her spirits up. See, that's what I'm talking about. You got to do these little self-pampering things to keep your spirits up. So I saw this and I have heard about these magnetic eyelashes for the past year. Um, but I've heard conflicting things like they don't work, blah, blah, blah. But, um, when I hear this from Francis of Off Kilter Quilt, I'm going to try them out. And I did, I researched and I found, um, a nice affordable set from Amazon. I'll put it in the, the podcast page. You guys, it, these are so easy. I could not believe it. All you do is put on liquid eyeliner that has some sort of a magnetic, you know, base to it. And there's little tiny magnets on these false eyelashes. And then they snap right onto that eyeliner on your eyelid. And it's awesome. It is so awesome. And I did the shortest pair that came in the pack, the most natural. And, uh, no one could tell. 
I I asked my husband, do you notice anything different about my face? <laughs> he couldn't figure it out. No one. And so then when I said to everyone, I'm wearing I'm wearing magnetic eyelashes, and they're like, What? No way. Uh so immediately my mom and then my sister wanted the link. So um thank you, Francis. Thank you very much. These are so much fun and you are so right. They lifted my spirits and I'll be wearing them again. Not every day, of course, but I mean, anytime, yeah, anytime I want, I can wear them. Uh, they're, they're just, uh, they're just a little bit of joy. All right. So I have an update to my garden. So last fall, I planted what seemed like a million bulbs, daffodils, tulips, um, the, uh, oh, what are they called? The real tall with the purple poof balls on the top. <laughs> Allium. That's what they're called. See, this is what happens when you turn 50. <laughs> you start, you have it in your head one second. And then like five seconds later, you're like, I just, it's in my head. Where did it go? That word. <laughs> allium, allium, allium. Tulips and uh, the daffodils just started to bloom. The daffodils are so happy. That buttercup yellow color and the cute wavy shape of the the little circle in the middle. Oh, so cute. So yeah, they're they're doing pretty well so far. Um Oh, this is oh. Everybody's posting their vaccine like little certificates. I don't know. I don't know if I I I might. I don't know. But let me tell you, I have been trying and trying and trying to get my first vaccine appointment scheduled and it has been a challenge because especially here in the city, they're they're just there's a lot of people and there's not a, a ton of vaccines yet. By May 1st, they keep telling us there's going to be like tons of vaccines. But I, I finally got an appointment for Friday. Yes, this will be tomorrow when you listen to it on the 1st. I And I'm telling you, like I'm on this little notification list. So every time it will pop up, I've been doing this like all month. Because before this month, I really wasn't, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, didn't qualify for it yet. So, um, yeah, and I got the the notification and it's funny because they'll send you this notification and they're like at 12, at 1210, 16,000 vaccine appointments will be available. And then you're trying to get on and everybody's trying to get on. And then you like the, the websites kind of like get overloaded and they don't even work. So, oh, it is just, oh, it's stressful. <laughs> so this one came up. Um the other day. And by this time, I'm kind of numb to these notifications. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Well, let me take a look and see. And I got in and then I started getting more excited. And you would have thought that I won the lottery. <laughs> I got my first appointment. I ran down the stairs and told my husband, I'm like, I got it. I got it. He's like, got what? I'm like, my first appointment. Yeah. yeah. So it's the Pfizer and it's on Friday. So now that all that excitement has died down, now I'm like, oh, I hope, uh, I hope that, uh, you know, I don't get any bad side effects, but he didn't have any other than the typical ones that you get with the flu shot. And I get the flu shot every year. So I'm prepared for the sore arm, the tiredness and the headache. So now I have a better understanding at why people are proudly posting their vaccine certifications because it is a little bit like winning the lottery at this point in time um, of where we're at in the stage of available vaccine shots. All right, so let's talk about uh, what I've got going on in my sewing studio. Uh, I talked a little bit about the um, Irish Chain Quilt Commission that I started, and I talked about that um, this whole quilt is based off of two and a half strips cut, and then the littler pieces are cut from two and a half inch strips. Uh, so I've been using this um, uh, strip ruler template to cut these strips. And um, for a couple of reasons, well, first of all, I had it. I've had this for a while and I've, I've used it, you know, on occasion when I need it. But this time I haven't cut a quilt that had so many strips. So um, I pulled it out. When I started using it, I was so glad because it made the process easy and quick. But I have the, um, the, the 
12 by 12 size, the regular size. And um, it can get the job done for sure. But I did kind of get tired of having to fold the fabric um, so that it would fit in between the cutting slots. Um, and I could only get so like three, I think, three cuts um, across. And it was just a half an inch short of a fourth cut. Oh, every single time that got to me, I'm like, oh, that half of an inch, I could have got another strip cut. So um, when I posted in my show notes last week, I posted this other one that I just ordered. It's the bigger size. And, you know, I, I did this because this is a commission job. So I, I, I probably would have just, you know, dealt with what I had. But um, I, I, I need this to be as efficient and accurate as possible. And so I went ahead and um, got the, it's the same it's the same line. It's the shape shape cut, but this is called the Pro, and it's big. It really it is big. It's like twenty three inches by I want to say seventeen, something like no twenty. I think it's twenty by twenty three. But anyway, the the cutting slots are only two and a half inches apart. So this is specifically made for two and a half inch strips, and because it goes the length up to 23, you can cut an entire width, you know, that's folded um, uh, like you get it. So you don't have to do another fold or two on top of that. Uh, so it's nice that you can get one clean cut. And then I could layer more fabrics on top of that because that was the other issue if I'm folding this one fabric two or three times, I'm getting six layers um, of a cut. So I'm really only doing one fabric at a time. So with this one, I can layer three fabrics, three different fabrics and, and get like twice to three times the amount of cuts. So that's the kind of thing that you kind of have to weigh as to you know, how how often are you going to be cutting two and a half inch strips? And if you are, it I think it's pretty much worth the investment because it is an investment. It's, it's uh, you know, it's not a cheap ruler, but what ruler is really? <laughs> um, they're all investments, but that's kind of like how I weigh it. I think about it and I think how I'm going to use this and um, it really does make cutting strips really easy. And also, with the price of fabrics going up, as we know they are, you can cut your own jelly rolls with this very easily if you want. So, I mean, the only thing, though, with jelly rolls is that you typically get the entire line of, of uh, a collection of fabrics. And that, to me, is the kind of the draw of actually, like, ordering pre-cut jelly rolls, Otherwise, if you get have to get every single fabric from the line, um, you're typically limited to buy half yard increments. Some places will do quarter quarter yard uh, cuts, but you know, either way, it kind of like gets pricey if you want to do the entire collection. But let's say you have like tons of stuff in your stash. That that's a very uh, cost effective way to get your jelly rolls. All right, and I know I'm using that term that's trademarked or whatever by a certain company. <laughs> it's just like the Kleenex and the tissue. So um, I don't know. That's just it. Just comes out like I, I call all two and a half inch strips jelly rolls for that reason. But so anyway, I am almost done with the baby quilt uh, panel that I've been talking about. It's a panel, pre-printed panel with a cute little bunny and some hearts and then some flowers at the bottom. Uh, and so uh, I was um, embellishing it, which is the main topic of today's episode. I'm going to talk about uh, different kinds of embellishments that you can do to fabrics. Um, so, but anyway, this baby quilt. So it's done. I did all these cute little hand embroidered accents to the panel and, um, it turned out really cute. Um, the only thing that I was like questioning is the eyelashes on the bunny. <laughs> I did little eyelashes and up close when I'm, I was stitching up close, 
the and the face looks really cute with the eyelashes. But then when I put it on my design board and looked at it from a distance, I was like, that bunny looks angry. <laughs> Like she's squinting her eyes. Oh, and then I walked up. Like if you're within a couple of feet of it, she looks like a precious little bunny. Then you walk away six feet or more and she looks like a little angry bunny. So I kind of went through like, well, should I take these out and redo them or not? And I'm like, you know what? No way. Because up close and this baby is going to see the bunny up close and, you know, she's not going to know. Plus, it's so cute. Uh, so that's one of those things where, you know, stop trying to be a perfectionist. So I stopped myself. Um, but yeah, I really am pleased with how the um, embroidery turned out. And um, I think I talked about my disaster with um, heat, printable heat transfer vinyl for her name. And um, I was making some heat transfer vinyl t-shirts for my brother, which I'll talk about in a second. But in that process, I realized what I did wrong with that printable, which is weird because I just did a printable quilt label for that heart quilt that I made. And it turned out great. So I guess that was just a happy accident. So with the um, the one that it did initially for this baby quilt, um, I did not let it cool. cool. So um, I, there was this little chart in one of the... Um, the vinyl rolls that I have. And it, it said like, there are all different types of vinyls and they are not all um, done the same way. So for printable, and I think um, for the um, foil or metallic, uh, don't call me on this, but you know, definitely for the printable, you have to wait for it to cool before you peel off the the um, the paper, the whatever, the um, clear backing on it. And um, so, because that it started to happen with that um, gold metallic that I was doing on the shirt. So I, I did look at the, um, the role and I was glad that I did. Cause then I realized some of these, you have to wait for them to cool, but the regular like matte heat transfer vinyl, you're supposed to peel it back when it's warm. So I don't know. It's just like, ugh, there's so many variables, but once you kind of like get used to it, it's just a learning process. Um, but so that's what happened with the baby quilt. Uh, so I uh, fixed that and I, I used my silhouette cutting machine to cut out fabric letters and I hand applique them to, um, uh, um, fabric that essentially is a patch and I, um, I uh, blanket stitched that, um, I did that blanket stitch by the, my sewing machine. Um, with really cute variegated thread. So that patch did turn out much cuter than the printable HTV. <laughs> it did. So um, it was kind of, again, like sort of a, a happy oops accident. Um, it did cause um, a bit more time um, involved in it, but um, I think it's fun to be able to fix your mistakes and it comes out even better. And again, Anytime you have a mistake, it's always a learning experience. And then you're that much better at your craft. So um, I will have pictures of that in the show notes, but it it's, it's so cute. And now it's all basted. I pin basted this one um, and because it's small um, and I've, I've got to quilt it. So I already made the binding. It's so funny because the basting is the part that I just, I need motivation to do when I get to that part of the quilt. Oh, I like try to put it off. I, you know, just distract myself with other things. And then finally I'm like, I have got to get this done. <laughs> so then I finally start basting it. And, um, when, but before I started basting it, I distracted myself and I'm like, oh, I'm going to make the binding, uh, the binding first. So I got that ready. And, um, it's not a bad thing to do though, because it's kind of nice that 
right when you're done with the quilting, your binding is right there ready to go. But for me, it is a little uh, distraction tactic <laughs> to not do the basting. Uh, so that's got to be quilted and bound. Um, and uh, what else? Oh, yeah. So let me get into the silhouette, my new silhouette machine that I got for Christmas. I have been using it. And um, there is there's a bit of a learning curve because um, I I've only mostly used it for heat transfer vinyl. So now I'm learning like, you know, the fabric rotary blade thing with it. And um, um, and like I said, the different types of heat transfer vinyl. Um, and uh, I mean, like I'm new to the printable ones. Uh, so. Oh, let's see. So my brother, I made a, I was smart this time. So I got, you know, um, all the big box stores have these t-shirts blank in different colors and um, they have a uh, different quality. So I got the nicer quality ones, but I got two because I knew I was probably going to make a mistake on <laughs> the first one. And so sure enough, I I did. I made a mistake. And um, but it was one of those mistakes where I looked at it and I'm like, hmm, that's just looks like part of the design. But I'm still gonna make another one that's the actual design. Uh so what I ended up doing was um <laughs> when I did two colors. So um two colors of vinyl is a little bit more, you know, um advanced. And you need to do like registration marks. And uh, I watched videos and stuff. And a lot of people draw these little rectangles and they will cut out with the vinyl. But you're supposed to remove them like when you're weeding it. So the weeding means that you're taking off all the vinyl that you don't want ironed on to the shirt. So the first one, I forgot to weed the rectangles. <laughs> They got pressed on there, but they happened to have been placed right in the middle of these um, lightning bolts. So it did sort of look like part of the design. They weren't just hanging out somewhere weird. Uh, so the design is my brother now is into this um, Morse code coding. And um, I don't, it's very involved and very like, you know, kind of over my head type of thing. But he has this coder name, like you have to get registered as an amateur and um, you're assigned this name and that's how you identify yourself. I think it's involving like a ham radio. I mean, it's totally old school, but it's also modernized because you can do the coding like on your phone or iPad, computer, as well as that old fashioned machine where you do the tap, 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 tap. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, he's so into it. So I made him that with his code name on it. And a, a popular design of that um, I download, purchased and downloaded. And it's like this, um, what looks like a cell phone tower or radio tower. That's what it is. And around the radio tower are the little like lightning bolts that I think are supposed to be sound wave bolts or something. But anyway, um, so yeah, <laughs> my two color one has the registration marks up in between the lightning bolts. And then the second one, I simplified it and I'm like, I'm just going to do this in one color. And I remembered to take the registration marks off and it turned out perfect. So all was well, but it was fun. I really like doing that uh, kind of stuff on the silhouette. And I have been watching videos um, of other things that this machine can do because I I'm telling you, uh, it's, it's, it's quite an investment and I want to make sure that I am getting the most from this machine. And the other thing is, because I have it out in its permanent spot on the counter, very easily um, um, accessible, it's easy to just go use it whenever I need to. I also decorated a gift bag, just like a real inexpensive craft brown plain gift bag with handles. Um, I did the um, regular vinyl, the vinyl that you can, um, it's not heat 
um, transferred at all. It just is sticky like stickers. And so I did a design of that, did his name and um, like a cool little um, USA with stars design on it. And it's so funny because I did this at the very last second and it was just really like thrown together. <laughs> and then uh, when when we're there, everyone's like, what? You made that? I was like, wow. <laughs> you just sometimes you get so into this stuff. And then we are communicating with each other that have, you know, similar skills and likes and crafts and, you know, talent. We have talents that you, we don't even realize sometimes that other people, it amazes other people. And it's kind of fun to like kind of be a little bit shocked because I'm thinking like, oh gosh, I just like threw this together and hopefully it looks okay. And, and uh, apparently it was good. It was good. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of other um, techniques that I think I want to try. So I've been watching videos on there's infusion ink pens and the silhouette and the cricket both um, have the ability to put any type of pen into their little holders, the little um, uh, blade holders. There's like a adapters. So um, there's two types of pens that I think I want to give a try. One of them is a foil pen, which will do like shimmery, shiny foil designs, um, you know, like gold foil, silver foil, iridescent rainbow foil. And then the infusion ink pens, which is... Um, a form of, um, here we go again, forgetting the name. <laughs> Vicki Holloway talked about this type of infusion printing or whatever. Um, sublimation. It just came back to me. Sublimation. <laughs> That's what these pens are. Uh, so yeah, those two. And then I also downloaded a couple of designs to print, or not print, cut 3D cards. There are really cute, um, uh, you know, kind of geared towards kids. There's these cute cards that you cut out um, the card stock and they fold um, into like a, a card that has like a depth of about maybe a half an inch. And then there's little cutouts for about four crayons that you can put in there. And then the, the top of the face, though, um, the front of the card has like a um, little coloring design on there that, that, that the little kids can color in on, on their birthday card. So I want to try that with, um, with my, some of my nieces and nephews. Uh, so yeah, look at that. I've got like a, a big silhouette, uh, silhouette list to do. I'm going to move on now quickly to clothing projects. So I, um, with the changing of the seasons, I don't know, but if you kind of like, you know, start getting excited for <laughs> wearing a different wardrobe <laughs> for the season, um, it's always fun. And I, um, I uh, ordered and just got a cashmerette pattern. It's called the Hollyoke dress and skirt pattern. It's a maxi dress and skirt. And so um, I think I'm going to try the skirt first. Uh, so I have some cute little um, florally fabric. Uh, I actually ordered some Robert Kaufman lawn fabric. So um, it's, it's, um, I felt it <clears throat> And uh, it it does have the weight of a uh, of a lawn fabric. Um, it has a nice feel to it, uh, but it is definitely not Tanalon, the Liberty Tanalon. Um, the Liberty Tanalon literally feels like silk, that smooth. But this Robert Kaufman lawn is really nice. So and and for the price difference. Uh, so I'll let you know how that goes. I, I'm looking forward to finding some time, if I can, soon to to make a skirt. Um, knitting and crochet. Okay, so here we go again <laughs> with the Arne and Carlos uh, knit-alongs. I tried to do the eggs. At Christmas, I tried to do the Christmas balls. And I have not. It's a, it is a miserable failure those uh, double pointed needles. I, I'm almost there though. I, I saw a technique uh, 
of um, casting on with the needles and how you can keep them in order from not twisting on you and so that you can make that final um, connection in the round. That is my like major obstacle right now is just getting that <laughs> first cast on closed um, and making a round within the four needles. Um, I was able to do it a couple of times, but then here we go with all the, you know, four needles twisting around while you're trying to knit on the one needle. So I think it's just going to take some more practice and work and trying to, to get that. But I also watched a video on circular needles and you can also do this project with circulars. There's magic loop I saw. And then by the time I had watched all of those, I, my mind was just mush. I'm like, okay, I cannot like put another thing about knitting in the round in my head right now because it's just too much, <laughs> way, way too much. I have not given up by any means. I will be coming back to it, but I have to set it down for right now. And uh, so I went back to making some more dishcloths because my mom has requested more. I gave my mom and sisters the dishcloths that I made when we first went into the first lockdown and, and I was... Um, I was uh, sick in bed and I knitted these dishcloths for the very first time. So I found this really cute yarn that has, is meant for dishcloth knitting. And it's got, um, it's it's sort of like a variegated thing where it goes through a regular cotton yarn. And then after so many feet or yards, it turns into this um, fuzzy uh looks like a little shredded -y look of a yarn. And um, when you knit it, it does have that little scrubby texture. It's like a, they call it a scrubby yarn or something. Um, so like every couple of inches, it switches from the smooth cotton yarn to the scrubby yarn back to the cotton yarn. It is a really cute looking dishcloth, but I'm still getting a couple of holes that I'll have to fix before I give that away. Um, but um, yeah, I'm just, those are much more manageable and easy for me to knit because there's only two needles. <laughs> And I am still trudging along with the crochet hexes. I'm still crocheting a few here and there, and I'm getting towards the end. I still think I have probably at least um, 50, 55 more to go. So my goal is to um, have them done, the hexes done by the end of the summer and knock on wood, sew them all together so that I have this for the next winter. That's my goal. So we'll see if I can complete that one. So IG Quilt Fest, I participated years ago uh, when they first started it and literally fell off uh, after the first week, I think. And um, this time I stayed with it uh, through last week. So <laughs> I did, I did, I was surprised that I, I lasted as long as I did, but this last week and a half of the month, I just fell off of it again and, uh, just, uh, didn't do it, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with what I did, um, participate with and it was very fun and nice and, and it is a nice, um, kind of a social, um, activity, so, um, and look, I learned about the magnetic eyelashes through IG Quilt Fest. Who, who would have known? All right, so let's get into the main topic for today's episode. And this is embellishments on fabrics. And I have both hand and machine ideas for embellishments. So I'm really gonna, the, the point of this I wanted to do is just give you ideas of um, the different types of embellishments out there that you can try and um, not just hand embellishments, but also um, ones that can be done by machine as well. So the first one is embroidery um, and that is uh, being used a lot nowadays to um, really 
um, enhance quilt tops. And uh, I just did that with this one quilt panel. So I will take some pictures. I did um, a chain stitch. And, and when you do embroidery to embellish on a quilt top, you can do as much or as little as you want. So you don't have to spend an inordinate, <laughs> inordinate amount of time doing this, um, even though it is a, a hand-stitched embellishment. There are some simple stitches that you just wouldn't believe the difference that they make and the texture that they add to a quilt top and a pillow. You, you could even be, do this on pillows. This embroidery is just like a, it can be done on anything, on your jeans, on a coat, on a dish towel and your quilts. It's just, um, it's a universal embellishment that I think adds so much um, to it. And simple stitches like a back stitch. You can outline um, a design if you want to on there. You can, like I did, it was a pre-printed panel and there were hearts and flowers on there. So I did a chain stitch around um, a couple of the heart um printed hearts on there. And then on the flowers, I did a little um, stem stitch for the for the flower stems and um, a back stitch for the leaves. And then on the flowers, um, I only just did like little French knots in the middle of this one flower. Um, and, and I did, you know, just little different things not like super time consuming, not big, dense designs, but just little touches. And um, on the bunny, I, I, of course, I added the eyelashes that <laughs> look sweet up close and angry from far away, but I'm going to work on the eyelash design. Um, but maybe that's just how it is. I don't know, um, with the eyelash um stitches. Uh, and on the nose, I did the little seed stitch. A seed stitch is where you just make all of these little random stitches, like a, just like a straight stitch. But you put your needle, you bring it up in these random spots and you, and you bring it down and it looks like little confetti or something. So I did it on the nose to make it look really cute and it worked. It was really, really cute. Um, so you could just play around with simple stitches like that um, to to highlight um, parts of your projects. And um, I have also seen people, and I want to try this as well, um, they will do embroidery stitches on their EPP projects. So you can use that um, daisy, lazy daisy stitch, which really, it's like a, a elongated chain stitch. And it makes what looks like a, a petal of a flower. And you can do like four or five of those around in a circle. Um, and it's a cute little flower. And you can do little French knots in the middle of the flower. I mean, the options are endless. They look really cute, though, in a, um, a flower EPP block. Uh, when in the very center, you do this little embroidered flower. Um, and quilt labels. I have hand embroidered quilt labels, but I will tell you that that is time consuming because you're embroidering um, text like script or, you know, names and um, dates and whatever your message is. Um, it looks beautiful, though. It really does. But I think that I probably only reserve that for specific and special quilts. You can also use embroidery by machine to embellish um, fabrics, quilts, and, and everything. Um, so it's just a little bit different by machine because you don't get that um, super custom flexibility to let's say like do a chain stitch around a, a specifically placed heart. Um, you can though make an applique and um, some designs in the machine embroidery um, sewing machines will have a stitch that a satin stitch or something that will outline the heart. Um, so the machines have just different 
types of capabilities and can do uh, really beautiful um, embellishments to, to anything. So applique is another way that you can embellish fabrics. Uh, and, um, you know, an applique is even used in types of, of mending because it, it, it only you're calling it a patch, but you're essentially sewing a piece of fabric onto another piece of fabric and you have to stitch it on and make sure that you stitch around the perimeter of it to, you know, keep it from fraying. But um, decorative applique, uh, there's so many different types and um, you you can uh, do hand applique. Um, and again, if you just incorporate a, a little bit of it, then the hand applique doesn't seem so time consuming and just too much. Maybe you just try one shape like a star or a heart and um, try that and just hand applique that. You can hand applique uh, with a straight stitch even very close to the perimeter. You don't have to do the needle turn applique, although the needle turn does look very nice and um, and you don't see any of the um, unfinished edge. Um I haven't really done a lot of needle turn, actually, to be honest, uh, because I don't mind the look of the raw edge myself. So, um, in fact, um, I uh, hand appliqued with a blanket stitch around the letters of this baby quilt, and it was around the raw edges. Uh, so um, it looks really pretty. Um, the other thing is, while I'm thinking about it, is... Uh, when you're doing this handwork, you can use, um, a lot of people use floss, cotton floss thread, like DMC or, or you know, Aurifil uh, of the sort. Um, and floss has six strands of thread to it. And a lot of the times I, I, my go-to as far as the amount of threads that I use is three threads. Um, sometimes I use four, sometimes I use two, but three seems to be the most common thread um, number of threads that I will use from a floss that it makes it prominent, prominent enough that you can see your design, but is not too thick. And then you lose some aspects of the um, details of your design. Uh, sometimes I use all six threads. It just depends. Um but the floss is kind of flexible like that. But more and more, I am really loving the pearl cotton. And the two sizes that I use are size five and size eight. And I believe the lower the number, the thicker the thread. Yeah. So um, and that is a twisted um, thread and it's only one, but it it has the thickness. I would say... Um, the number eight thread is equivalent to probably like a three strand of a floss thickness. Um, and the five is probably, you know, more uh, closer to the um, four to six strands, I would say. That's just my own like kind of gauge or opinion of of the equivalence to that but try them all out that's what I've been doing I've been trying them all out and it's been a lot of fun and uh, sometimes the floss gets a little um, cumbersome to to work with because you're having to like pull out the strands and so forth um, and the pearl is just really easier to use because you're just threading one thing <laughs> um, one strand I really love applique because it just allows you to do anything very flexibly. You can applique, uh, applique, applique letters um, for people's names, monograms. The, the diff, you can do them in different fabrics and it just, um, the options are endless, but being able to applique, you know, coordinating fabrics, um, and different colors and patterns just really brings a lot of interest to your project. And again, like any shapes. And then also 
applique designs can be layered. You can, um, you know, like do like a little fox face and layer on the eyes and the nose and the whiskers. So you can really get involved with applique and make a really um, beautiful design and up your game a bit there. Um, it just it just depends on how much time you want to invest um, in your projects. Um, so maybe maybe you might just do like a layered applique on a little zipper pouch or something. Um, start there, and uh, and I think um, it'll be a lot more fun and a lot less time spent than if you were to like do you know like I don't know. 12 fox faces on a quilt. <laughs> yeah, applique is fun. I, I really enjoy it. And I like to do hand, but I also I, I like to do a machine applique. The, the machine has a really nice blanket stitch. And that's usually my go-to stitch is a blanket stitch. And um, you can do a satin stitch um, on your machine. You can do a zigzag stitch and you can do a straight stitch. So um, it can be very quick and simple with a straight stitch or you can get a little bit more um, elaborate and do a satin or even a decorative stitch. You know, when you get your these machines and they've come with like 85 decorative stitches and you you think they're cute and you're just like, where could I use it? This is a place where you can use it. And something as simple as maybe even like a square shape applique design if you're doing something a bit more modern pick pick one of those decorative stitches and stitch that around the perimeter of the square and you can even do a couple of rows of those so um that it, it, play with your decorative stitches and um, then you feel like you're making more use of your machine features as well and another thing that you can do this is with your machine and you don't have to have a fancy machine at all uh, you can buy a, a an embroidery hoop like a, like a hand embroidery hoop and you you put your fabric in that embroidery hoop and then you lower your feed dogs and you just do some free motion stitching and you can move the sides of that hoop around your machine and um it's 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 kind of uh like a pre <laughs> pre um, embroidery machine way of embroidering. So um, a lot of people will do that and do some thread painting. It really takes no skill at all, really, to get started with it. And you just kind of like let your imagination go and just start stitching up and down, up and down, uh, different types of threads. You can use metallic threads um, and, and thicker threads. Uh, to create more texture. You know, thread painting is something that we don't always think about as a type of embellishment that we can do and play with for anything. You can do it on even like, um, you know, clothing, uh, thread painting. So thread painting it to me is just something that's very um, expansive. Like, Basically, you can do what you want. But I mean, I think there are some techniques of shadowing, shading and highlighting, especially if you're doing sort of like um, um, using photos as your um, design of either, let's say you're doing a mountain or an animal um, or that sort of thing. But, you know, give it a give it a whirl. This next form of embellishment is nothing new. It's just simply adding beads and buttons. And it just adds another element of um, design and texture. So, um, you know, like those little uh, seed beads uh, at the craft store, um, sequins, stuff like that. I've seen some people do some really beautiful things with the beads. Uh, just anything that you can stitch onto a fabric, you can use. And then the last thing I'm going to talk about is couching. So this can be done by hand and by machine. So let's talk about hand couching first. So this is what you would want to do um, with your hand embroidery. In hand embroidery, when you make 
just a larger straight stitch. It doesn't have to be that large. It could The straight stitch can be really any size, but just with a little bit of space in between the stitches. Um, in any shape, you can do swirls, you can do a straight line. Um, you can use this technique to be a frame around another design. And you just do your, your straight stitch or your back stitch, any one of those. Then you take a contrasting thread and you weave it in and out of your straight stitches. You're basically couching a thread um, through uh, your hand embroidery. There's really so many ways that you can do hand couching. Um, you can also take like, um, you can use yarn and just kind of like position that in any way you want. If you're doing a swirl or maybe you're going to do a heart um, shape or anything, you just put that yarn where you want it to go and then you use your embroidery thread and you make little uh, stitches across this yarn, um, let's say at, you, you know, in inch increments, and that tacks down that yarn to the surface. So another way uh, to, to couch is um, to, uh, um, do like a little zigzag stitch across the yarn. Um, there's, there's so many different ways to do it. I mean, I think basically couching just means like, you know, attaching, um, some sort of a fiber with another fiber onto a fabric. That's how I look at it. You're just finding some way to, um, to attach it and decoratively. So you can also couch with your sewing machine. And um, I think there is a free form version that you can do of this, again, where you can just put a piece of yarn um, onto your fabric and zigzag over that piece of yarn. Um, but there are specialized feet that the different manufacturers have specifically for couching. And on the machine, most of the time, the couching is done by zigzagging your thread over your uh, decorative fiber, whether it's a cord, um, a thick thread, a yarn, um, even fabric. You can kind of um, like have little teeny tiny uh, strips like mini strips of fabric grouped up together and zigzag over those. Um, so it, I, I haven't done a ton of um, couching yet, and it's something that I want to do. And I have been exploring all of these different ideas. So um, if you have ideas and if you have been doing couching and you love it, you can always um, just let me know. I do have... Um, a couching attachments for my, um, uh, it is my, ru <laughs> my ruler foot, a ruler quilting foot. So um, they fit inside the circle and the ruler quilting foot is just, and it's, it's designed similar to a regular um, free motion quilting foot where it's got that little circle at the bottom and the needle stitches inside that circle. Um, so the couching foot for that ruler foot sits, um, there's three different sizes and they slip inside uh, the circle part of the um, ruler foot. And again, I have yet to try those. So it's something that I need to do. <laughs> I just sometimes, I don't know if you're like this, but when you get something new and um you want to use it, but you just have to be in a certain mood or um, just have to be ready to go through the learning process. So uh, I I know they're there and I know that I want to do it. Uh, and if I knew how to do it, I probably would use it a lot more. So I've got to get myself motivated to learn how to use those. And you know what? I know it's not hard. I've seen it. I mean, basically you just have to snap them in and um, <laughs> put your <laughs> put your yarn down or whatever it is and it will uh, stitch 
stitch over it. So um, the one that I have is, I think, a bit more flexible than there are some sewing machine feet where the cords go through these little holes and then you zigzag over those. Um, so I don't, I don't think I have those kind of feet for my machine, but I should, I'm definitely need to use what I have. So I will try the ruler foot one. And when I do, I'll let you know how it goes. All right, so that's all I've got on embellishing fabrics and your projects. I hope that this information is useful to you and gives you ideas um, on how you can incorporate this with your quilting, sewing, crafting, anything, because it's such a universal um, type of thing that you can incorporate into almost anything and um, is, is, is pretty fun. All right. So before I go, and if you're still around here listening, uh, I have got some uh, YouTube and podcast recommendations. <clears throat> so on YouTube, I watched this one channel. It's called Heron's Bonsai, H-E-R-O-N-S Bonsai. And his name is Peter Chan. And I think he's pretty well known in the UK. That is where he's, um, that's where he lives and has his business. Uh, but he has this really nice YouTube channel. And I watched a video of him. It's called Rescuing a Half Dead Juniper. And it, I was just watching this completely amazed like, I think my jaw dropped in several parts because when you see this half-dead bonsai tree, you're like, how is he going to rescue that? And you think that he's going to get rid of all the dead parts, but he uses them and um, just uh, does some decorative things and adds carving to it and... Um, actually kind of fits a little bit well with this episode because it basically is a form of embellishment and enhances that bonsai tree to where it looked probably even more beautiful than it did in its original state. It, it's just amazing. I mean, it, you don't even have to have an interest in bonsai trees or anything like that. It's just for the sheer just entertainment and um, just seeing another creative um, uh, art and skill and craft uh, is really, it, it, it's, I loved it. So you can let me know if you like it or not. The next one is um, Emma Jones. And oh, she's also based in the UK. <laughs> uh, coincidentally, uh, Emma Jones has a YouTube channel. It's so beautiful. And she basically does English paper piecing. And she makes these really small projects and she embellishes her um, English paper piecing with hand embroidery. And she does those little flowers in the centers. She'll do leaves and vines, really pretty. And uh, she has just a really, um, I, I, she, uses a lot of Liberty fabrics, which I love. And um, I find her videos also kind of like very soothing. And she does talk about um, even like her struggles with the pandemic and um, how the, um, the English paper piecing and sewing has helped her. Um, but it's it's a really uh, beautifully videoed, and I love this channel. So give it a watch and let me know what you think about it. All right, so I have a few podcasts to recommend, and a couple of these are uh, uh, in different um, areas of crafting. So the first one is called Life Handmade. And this podcast is done by the scrapbook.com company. If you do any uh, card making, journaling, um, scrapbooking, uh, die cutting, like as far as like the Sizzix or the um, Accu, I think AccuQuilt they have too, but this this company carries all those types of products, and so their podcast I really like a lot because I learn different things about the paper crafting. The other podcast I've been listening to is Knit Picks, 
And as you might guess, it's a knitting podcast. So it's just a nice podcast um, where, you know, I can learn new, new things about yarns and knitting and that sort of thing. All right. And this last podcast is called Screen Time with Row and Roper. And uh, Row Khan and Richard Roper are local to Chicago. Uh, Richard Roper ha- used to be on a long time ago. He was a movie critic with Roger Ebert, which I think who he was very well known across, you know, the States, if not the world. Um, and they um, reviewed movies and they oftentimes had different opinions, which made for the show to be interesting. So now he does this podcast with uh, Rokan, who Rokan's been a, a newscaster reporter here locally, and he's been on a TV show. He's had uh, a radio show, uh, FM radio, for like decades. And now he does his podcast with Richard Roper. So basically, that's the background. But it's a quick little 30-minute podcast or less. They review movies, TV, and streaming shows. And they're kind of funny. <laughs> and uh, they also talk about, like, right now we're in um, award season. So they'll talk about the Academy Award nominations um, and stuff like that. So if you're looking for kind of like a light hearted thing and they kind of give like a preview of things that are about to come out so um for instance there's this movie coming out it's a heist movie called the vault i usually do not like heist movies because they're all kind of the same <laughs> but i saw i watched the preview on um apple t- uh the Apple box. And it looks really interesting. It really does. They try to, um, they try to rob the bank of Spain and, um, it apparently in real life, that bank has some sort of an underground water thing that if anybody tries to rob that vault that is underground, they will get drowned. (laughs) All right. So we've reached the end of the show finally, right? (laughs) It's a long one, I know, but that's the format of the podcast. So if you're still here and you're listening for the first time, that is an intended format for my show. It could change in the future, but right now, um, there really isn't another really kind of like a long format show about quilting, crafting, decorating, that sort of thing. All right. Have a happy Easter If you celebrate Easter, Passover, um, and hopefully everyone in the Northern Hemisphere will be enjoying some beautiful spring weather in the weeks ahead. And until next time, um, happy quilting, sewing, and decorating. All right, I will see you next time. Bye-bye.